Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to episode two of Craving Creativity. My name is Thomas Mai and I'm the host together with Zane C. Weber. And uh, this is our little creative baby we've been talking about doing for a while. This is episode two. So if you're listening, thank you so much. Um, the way it works is that uh, each of us take turns bringing an anecdote. And we talk about that anecdote and then, and then we end up with a top three list of something to do with that anecdote. Yeah. And today yeah. we're, I can talk, we can yeah, talk absolutely. about musicals. So <laughs> top three musicals. So stay top tuned for the end for musicals. that. Yeah. But saying you want to talk about an anecdote from, from your. Absolutely. So yeah. I'm going to, I want to talk about the choreographer, actress and dancer, Gillian Lynn. Yeah. So Gillian Lynn is really just an example of kind of a kind of creative person that I think a lot of people will kind of relate to and might fill in a lot of biographies, really. Uh, so Gillian uh, Barbara Lynn, I guess, knee perk, uh, is British. So she was born in England um, in nineteen uh, in the nineteen thirties. Uh, but and so she's gone on to she's gone on to basically dance with the Royal Ballet, dance with the Australian Ballet, choreograph the ballet. But she's best known for her work with uh, Cats, Phantom of the Opera, and uh, Aspects of Love. All of which are the three longest running, or the Phantom of the, the Opera and Cats are the longest running Broadway musical ever um so she of she was a troubled child in the sense that when she was at school she would always get in trouble and they thought she had a learning disability so it's quite famously that after her schoolmaster just kind of said you need to take her to see a doctor uh because this is not working out something is wrong with her uh her mother took her to see the doctor and they basically went through what she was going through um and and then the doctor said look i just need to talk to your mother for a second outside in my office uh i'm just gonna put on the radio for you to listen to while we're out there and they mother and the doctor walk out and close the door and the doctor told her mother just to look through the door and see what she does and she got up and she started kind of well she was bopping around to the music and then she Mm. started dancing to the music and he said it's not that she has a learning disability she's just not a student she's a dancer (laughs) um so then of course her mother took her out of her regular schooling and put her in a a a dance school basically a school for for creatives and that went led on to the ballet and what have you so I just wanted to use this anecdote as kind of a jumping off point for two things, a discussion of, um, I guess, like neurodiversity and creativity and mental illness and creativity, creativity, but also finding your tribe and finding your people. Um, because she is well known to say that like when she arrived at that school, she was like, this is a school full of people like me. I've come home. Yeah. So she doesn't feel ashamed anymore. Yes. She doesn't feel uh, scrutinized. 
recognized yes. anymore. Uh, she she felt like she could achieve and create there. So I myself am not a neurodiverse person. I do have mental illnesses, and I and how they interact with my creativity mm. is usually uh, is is not so much. But I definitely when I discovered theater um, because I was raised in a very small uh, rural town uh, where there was not a lot of theater or anything really. Um, when I discovered theater, I had that same experience of like, oh, people can be interesting, <laughs> I guess. Yes. Uh, you don't have to just uh, kind of go home and watch TV and fall asleep no. and get up and go to work the next day. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's that's a really interesting, the interesting discussion I want to have is like, how how do you think that uh, the kind of tribe tribalism, but also, I guess, also secondarily to that is uh, people either on the spectrum or neurodiverse people um, in art? Because I can tell you from there have been studies that there are about 10% of the population that have mental illness mm -hmm. in theatre and creative communities. That's a rep represent representative of about 40 to 60% of people, depending on the community that you're in. So uh, what, what do you think the interaction is there? Well... <sighs> I think that society in school in particular has is very, very interested in putting just checking a lot of boxes. Yeah. And putting you in a box. And putting you in a box and this <laughs> is where you put a label on you and, and it's so easy to do, but it just misrepresents who you truly are, right? Mm. And we live in in Australia and the school system here is we've got to compete with China. So by kindergarten everybody has to learn how to read and write and by first grade you have to solve these math problems and there's putting a lot of pressures on these kids and, and I can say this because I have a six and a half year old daughter mm. and we were presented with that choices and we put her in a Steiner school yep. in the world of Steiner school and <clears throat> we were lucky enough to get in which is very hard because there's, a, there's only a few and there's only two schools in, in Brisbane <clears throat> but there they don't worry about they want to develop the human being first and they don't care about test results and they don't care about how well they score on a given test and stuff like that they learn when they learn but you got to develop the human being first yeah. and so that approach is what I fully endorse and the reason why is my wife we met in, in California <clears throat> and she was working there and she was working with kids and all these kids were just you know rich kids just spoiled unhappy not doing well and not well adjusted kids and then she met these other kids from this family and these kids were happy humble down mm -hmm. to earth and extremely creative and she asked she was like she was so blown away by these kids and she found out through the mother that these kids went to a Steiner school now I'm not saying a Steiner school is right for everyone but I definitely think it's right for someone because it developed the human being first so I wholeheartedly agree with you and I think that that we are so busy labeling certifying certificates especially in, <laughs> I've never been a country lived in a country where there's so many certificates for everything right yeah yep. you have to <laughs> you can't do things because you're not certified to do that you can't change the light you can't change the the battery in your own smoke detector because <laughs> when you're renting because that creates all kind of uh, legal issues and insurance issues and stuff like that. It's just we we, we gotta remember to de develop the um, the human being first. Do you know who Michael Phelps is? I do. Yeah. So the most Olympian, most gold medals ever, right? Yeah. yeah. He had a trouble fitting into school. Yeah. He uh, he couldn't fit into school, and he just had so much energy. <laughs> and the, I think they gave him. And I'm correct me if I'm wrong. It's coming up on top of mind. I think they gave him H ADHD. ADHD. Yeah. They yeah. had that. He just could not sit still. Yeah. And so they threw him in a pool, <laughs> and he just turned all that 
had energy into this machine that was just yeah. capable of winning. So we don't all have to fit into these boxes. And thank God we don't have to do that because it is really interesting. I would be like, boring, man. <laughs> um, I guess like I am not particularly uh, interested in sports, etc. You might not have picked that. Uh, <laughs> really, Zane. <laughs> but but again, again, it is it, that is one of those fields where a lot a lot of the stories are like yeah. I could not focus in school, no. but it, you put a basketball in my hand yeah. and it was it was like it fit, yeah, and I knew what to do, yeah. I knew how to how to act. So I guess yeah, this uh, the 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 tendency to make good little citizens out of people through yeah. school rather than encouraging actual learning yes. um, through through schools. I guess that's what, that's what we're discussing now. <laughs> yeah, no, like, it's just the society's ability to put labels and also when you have to fill out a form somewhere online. I never fit into any of these forms. I'm born in Denmark, I live in Australia. My wife is Brazil. She's born from Brazil. We've been <laughs> in California. And my daughter's Australian. I just don't fit into these cookie-cutter yeah. boxes. Yeah. Nor do I want to fit in, right? <laughs> so it's it's it's... It's 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 about making your own way and and but having the confidence to do that and that's the yeah. hard part to stand up and say but that's not who I am but just to get to that level to understand that there might be other options that's why it's so yeah. enlightening we saw this story when she finally come home to the school where there are other people like me who yeah. appreciate song and dance and movements and and I I, I if, if hope doing these podcasts and it's great talking to you Zane and getting to know you but if somebody out there can listen to this and go you know what I don't want to fit into somebody else I yeah. hope we can help a soul <laughs> out there that would just be good because I didn't fit into anything I didn't go to film school you're supposed to go to film school learn how to become a producer right? I just I didn't figure it out I yeah. learned on the job I, <laughs> I, they threw me into the jeep and, and just try to figure it out right same with my the director of the first film we made we didn't go to film school and we didn't have any money and we and we made a, f- a feature film it, it, I'll come up with the story another day but <laughs> but but it's just about believe that you can do it yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I want to talk about being naive right sure people talk down a naive as being something bad I believe being naive is a superpower sure. because if you are naive enough to believe you can do it then you can see that's the thing i <clears throat> i kind of take issue with the definition of naive being yeah. hopeful yeah. i think you can be hopeful and not naive i think being naive is uh naive it, the, the <laughs> just calling someone who's hopeful naive i guess if they are or if they are fully informed yeah. if they know what they're going to be up against yeah. but they're still hopeful i don't think that they're naive um but again like i can't i can't say that naive being naive is a bad thing either i i think naive <laughs> is great i think it's it's good that you're being naive I think, go put a dent in the universe this steve just <laughs> said right go out there and do your thing right if if people had told us how hard it would be to make that first feature film we had no money yeah. no education no contact no network no nothing and we still are making a feature film that got sold to many yeah. countries won a lot of awards and I'll tell that story another time but it's about believing that you can do it and and that's being naive because you look at the arts then why would you be able to do that yeah and I love that her story that she does that same with Michael Phelps and just giving people the tools to to believe that they can do it because when you're constantly being tested like oh you score below average yeah. oh you're not good at spelling oh your math skill sucks if that's all you hear all day long Especially- I mean it's not exactly encouraging is it it's not yeah. exactly you know, you're putting people down because you're told that you're in a very competitive society you're competing against everybody in your class mm-hmm. then everybody in your year then everybody in your school then everybody in all the schools across the country across the state and across Absolutely. the country and you're constantly being measured and 
unless you are in that one percentile <laughs> that really tops the pops and just who, who just are amazing well, and can fit thing. in there i you will be depressed <laughs> as a lot of people in my generation were was were i was considered an artistically gifted child okay uh and so i had a lot of pressure put on me yep. to be artistically gifted <laughs> okay um which which meant that i didn't want to try anything no. that i didn't know because you were afraid to fail i could do because yep. it was like okay there is this pressure on me now so i didn't want to break anything i didn't want to do anything that didn't work um which meant that I did a lot of work in private and then examined really well. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I, I got through school. Yeah. But like my high school experience was that art was one twelfth, one lesson in, in one twelfth of my week. Yeah. And like that, that, is, that is one hour that I just put aside. And what do I do in that hour? Like that isn't any real part of my experience yeah. when all the rest of the experience is reading a book and copying the, <laughs> copying the answers from that book in to my book and then memorizing them um so i think that's usually when when i talk to high school students which is rarely um is, is my my message to them is like there's so much pressure put on school students high school students specifically that as soon as you go you leave high school or even if you go into tertiary education you realize just how little that that period in your life will affect you career-wise or any otherwise it's just but there's so so much stress involved with it of course because you have to pass what is it called the as what is it called the ast or? Uh, i mean yeah. the, the the qcs or the, there's lots of different tests you, you have, have to do pass. <laughs> but but yeah I, I understand from a spreadsheet point of view if you rule yeah. the world through a spreadsheet you can have all the kids in that school there and you have spit our number and then we've done our job yeah but yeah. it doesn't develop the human angle of it yeah and the, how do you evaluate art how do you evaluate creativity how yeah. do you evaluate sports i mean as you mentioned <laughs> Right, but it, it's not important enough to be put into the spreadsheet. I just think that that, that, that where we're again, as if, if you're only the one percent of those people who can score A on all and highs on all the tests, yeah. you are. Yeah. But everybody else is going to be depressed because you suck. Yeah, <laughs> you suck. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. Yeah. You can't spell right. You can't do the math. You can't do. So life is over for you. And if you get all these wrong labels on you all the time, yeah, and you you end up believing them. If people keep Absolutely. telling you stupid, and at one point you're going to believe you are stupid, and if you believe you're stupid you will act stupidly because that's yeah. what you've been told how to be whereas i think we should encourage people to find out who they are yeah on the i'm still trying to figure out what i'm <laughs> gonna do the rest of my life but it's just it's just you know i think we're gonna keep it open and keep it more fresh i mean i think we need to be more alive than just numbers yeah and checking boxes and I, I think and I think that's why creativity is such a such an important thing to encourage in 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 kids because like through creativity through even through through dancing through painting through anything you can discover mathematics through that lens oh, absolutely and then come to appreciate it for what it is yes but if you just go to a maths class it's very unlikely that you're going to know to apply those that those skills to to any creative skills, even if even if it is something ridiculous like uh, metallurgical engineering, which is a creative thing, you're not going to discover that through a maths class. But the inverse is almost guaranteed because you need it, exactly. and so you have the encouragement to learn exactly. it. Um, so asking kids to learn these these things in a vacuum, without giving without like a, a personal, uh, I guess, a personal stake yeah. in it, like yeah. they're they're just like, well, my parents want me to do it, so I guess I'll 
do it um, rather than like, oh, I really need to learn this. So yeah. let me let me sit down and figure it yeah. out. I think that that is what's missing from at least like I I can't I don't think the education system's changed much since I went through it, <laughs> but I, I that's what was definitely missing missing from mine. I think <clears throat> if I was creative first and then academic second, it would have been so much. The process would have been so much easier, and I would have avoided so much heartache um, because. I would have been, I would have felt like I was in charge because I was doing what I wanted to do mm-hmm. um, rather than having to fit what I wanted to do outside of school. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I guess, and that, that's why I really connected with this because my my mental illness and whatever kind of came later in life after mm. I was already a creative. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> So it's it, it hasn't really played much into that, but I definitely feel for for kids who always struggled through through school, mm. and then they find that thing, and then they can just they they view the world through that thing, yes. and they, everything fall, falls into place. Of course, because um, they found a platform they can identify with. They found a yeah. label that this is who I am. This is what I stand for. They're this not is what just I do. Slow or stupid. Yeah, so, or, or yeah, your bottom of the maker. class or whatever. <laughs> I'm just just afraid, and I know I'm repeating myself here. Just want to turn people into robots right yeah and if you really got to compete against china or everywhere all the country on the planet i mean there's a lot more of them <laughs> than there are of us yeah right yeah. so we can never win that race and so we have to develop the creative side if we want to solve problems and innovate the world we got to think creatively and not just force people down well especially now like <coughs> more and more jobs are being automated like and creativity more, and more is, will be with ai and yeah. robots and creativity yeah. is where we will continue to be able to express ourselves and exactly. find fulfillment exactly so i think that's something we need to we need to focus on and, and give to our children regardless of what the school system is doing but um but also i mean i don't have kids i don't have a vested interest but like i want kids to succeed <laughs> yes oh, i want kids to be happy yeah yeah i mean it's, it's, it's i'm just going through learning about yourself figuring out how you're who you are and suddenly your body changes you got yeah. all these hormones you got to figure out which direction are you flowing? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff to figure out. And then at the same time, we're pressuring them into, you yeah. know, make what they think is life altering decisions in terms of passing all these tests, as yeah. you point out, it might not even be that important. And it just puts so much stress on them. And they're still trying to figure out who they are. I'm still trying to figure out <laughs> who I am. <laughs> I'm a middle-aged man. So <laughs> I still haven't figured it out. Okay. <laughs> well, I unfortunately think I, I, I made a decision when I was 14 and I've just kind of been coasting along on that from now and then um but i guess i guess that's probably the the end of the discussion should we move on to our top three top three list yes let's do that and uh since uh, you watch on the anecdote you're gonna go with the first uh, musical yep so, so these are musicals that has meant the most to you or what's the definition here for you these are the musicals that i have never fallen out of love with oh okay because yeah. i i'm a very when it comes to musicals like i I will obsess over a musical, yeah. learn everything about it, learn all the lyrics, and then move on. Okay. Um, so these musicals are the ones that I keep coming back to as like, I've never fallen out of love. They're still funny and amusing and and, and still kind of give me that joy Got that it. musical theatre right. does. Thanks for the clarification. Yeah. Uh, so number one is Little Shop of Horrors. Okay. This is possibly the first musical I ever was exposed to through the 19, 1980s Rick Moranis okay. movie. Yeah. Um. A, it used to be shown in my town as a double feature with Rocky Horror, of Rocky Horror 
Horror Picture Show yes. and my oldest sister purchased the VHSs and so we had it. Wow. Um, Little Shop of Horrors is almost a perfect rock uh, rock musical. Uh, it is a great uh, uh, Faustian tale but presented total slapstick way with a singing plant uh, and a, a sadistic dentist. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like it's, it's so over the top and flamboyant that you have to suspend your disbelief straight away and yeah. just go in for the ride. Yeah. Um, and Alan Menken did all the music, so it's it's just catchy from the start to the top. From nice. from the top to the top to the tail. Nice. Yeah. All right. Um from my point of view, and you told me it has to be theatrical musicals, okay? Yeah. Very important because <laughs> otherwise film musical will be a completely different chapter. But the first musical I saw and that blew me away, and I think I've seen two or three times now, was Les Miserables. Ah, yep, yep. And what a start to have. What a way journey because it's just it's a big full one. force and yeah. it's a great story about, you know, what is it? he's locked away for stealing bread for his sister's kids. How old were you when you saw it? 14, 16? Oh, three yeah. hours. Yeah. yeah, no, no, but I was into it. I, yeah. I dug it. I really liked it and it was just because the presence of live music and theater. Yep. One yep. thing is theater getting, but when music it vibrates through you, I mean, it really does. It, <laughs> and you can feel it. I mean, and, and, and so I was into it. I think I saw it with my mom and uh, in Copenhagen and maybe I was 18. I don't know, but it was still, yeah, I really liked it. That was just my first yeah. intro into musicals. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll dig this. Let's. Uh, I was lucky enough to see it when I went to New York yeah. um, on Broadway and it was the new staging. So it didn't have the revolve. Yeah. It had the big sliders on on the side, um, and I saw the first black the first black Marius uh, on the Broadway stage. So that, but it was um, but like you said, like especially with a live orchestra, the the music, uh, mm. the Bubel and Schoenberg yep. score is just uh, phenomenal. Yeah, you, you do feel it. All no, the you way do, and, and, and yeah. a story about freedom and standing up for what you believe in, yep. and, and 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 not accepting the rules as as they are. Yep. And so it ticked all my boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like a good revolution? <laughs> <laughs> Off with their heads. <laughs> Uh, okay. Your so, second one, Saint. So from Les Mis, uh, we're going to go the exact opposite end of the uh, serious theatre spectrum. Okay. Uh, to the producers. Oh, yeah. Uh, so this is uh, the Mel Brooks uh, producers. This, I think, this this was a, a skit that got turned into a feature-length film that got, got turned, turned into, into a musical that got, then got turned, turned into, into a, a film, film that got turned into a musical. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, and I think just because it's gone through so many different stages, it is so polished. Yes. Every joke lands. Yeah. And it is hilarious from top to end. Yeah. Uh, it has six or seven just like phenomenal characters that, I mean, it does only have one female character and that's that's on Mel Brooks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is this is something that this is, I saw it first with Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick um, in the, the film version. Wow. Yeah. Um, now they did originate the roles on yeah. Broadway, uh, so it is fairly cl a fairly close comparison. But yeah, the producers, I think, just because it's been because it's been <laughs> edited and refined and <laughs> revisited and and pared down and added to milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And honestly, the music, which is written by Mel Brooks, oh, he is, is he's, he's talented, man. Really good. Like I mean, he's a uh, he. Yeah, he's, he's, he's an, a really now, interesting. And he's just still creative. yeah. yeah. 
is very creative and he's done lots of good stuff in the film world. It's, yeah. it's impressive. Absolutely. And while while some of his films and stuff that I've like I've gone back and revisited and just kind of didn't hold up, didn't didn't appreciate as much as I did when I was younger, the producers still gets me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um my second one, and uh this is where my background coming from Denmark and heavily influenced by Sweden. You mm-hmm. know where I'm going with this now. <laughs> and uh, growing up on a lot of ABBA music. So oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so Mamma Mia for me, not the movies as such, but just the musical and just the life celebration of being alive and yep. just celebrating spirituality and just being human comes out uh, and it is a tour de force and I, I was blown away by that when I saw that and I think I saw that with my mom as well yeah, yeah. Uh, I think about it yeah Mamma Mia is one of the best this this is what we call a, a jukebox musical yeah well because, it is because, <laughs> it, because it takes existing music hits and huge hits yeah, yeah and puts a story to it yeah. Mamma Mia is definitely one of the best of best examples of this yeah. just because it takes such an interesting and inventive story yeah. that really has nothing to do with the the band that made no. it or anything it's a totally original story. And well, they approved the story. Uh, oh, they were yeah. definitely <laughs> part of it in the approval process. Th- I don't think any of them had a, a three dad wedding. No, no, but they did grow up and were popular in yes. the 70s where life oh, yeah, were, yeah. you know, more free and not so restrictive and you enjoy life. There was a lot of liberation going on, okay? <laughs> Look, I have no judgment here. Um, but yeah, honestly, it is so much, it's so, so joyful. Um, yeah. uh, I particularly enjoy uh, not only the the kind of cathartic big dramatic moment at the end but I just I just love does your mother know in that musical I think that that's such a typical musical theater kind of just you know what we could do here <laughs> let's just have a whole bunch of shirtless guys and an older lady <laughs> let's just do that why not why not because we are on holiday right <laughs> absolutely we can do that yes yes and your yeah one? so my final one is a relatively new musical yeah. who only saw its uh saw its broadway debut in 2019 and wow. kind of a victim of the epidemic it will be coming back to broadway it's called hades town now hades town is a retelling of the uh orpheus and euripides story mm. of greek mythology yep. but it's set to kind of a new orleans jazz blues hmm. kind of uh score so so it is the brainchild of Anais Mitchell, uh, who is a singer-songwriter from, and kind of has a lot of that influence through it. Uh, but it it is just uh, it's. Originally, it was set in a round, so the band was all on stage and the audience was sitting around them, and they're really a lot of audience participation. Really, how how, how so? So basically, they built the stage out into the auditorium and then put extra seating around the edges. Yeah. And so the band was kind of sitting on the edges of the audience and in the auditorium. Yes. And then the actors would come in and out around the audience, and then it was presented kind of like parts of it were like a cabaret. Um, and you had the muses. But how does the audience participate? So basically, uh, they uh, call and responses with the audience oh. and that sort of thing. The Broadway wow. is a little bit more traditional. Okay, um, it's a lot more choreographed, and that's yeah. what, and and the instrumentation is different. Um, I personally prefer the off Broadway version just yeah. because it's a little bit more raw and organic, and that's oh. kind of what I fell in love with. Uh, but particularly the voices in this, like we you have like real basses, which are something that's totally missing. From 
from Broadway at the moment. Um, and then you have just great mesos uh, yeah. and 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 belts, and it's really it's really efficiently told, but it never feels uh, it never feels like it's talking down to you. Mm. It's like you're involved in the story, nice. and it's a really weird atmosphere for a musical and something I haven't really experienced before. Um, but Hades Town is a great musical. Right. Highly recommend it. Oh, I'll definitely check it out. I did not know about that. Yeah. Okay. My last one is something that also hit me with a tour de force, and I just like to get my senses shaken and being slapped around, I guess, in terms of music, but also this genre of musicals. I just think that Hamilton has just mm-hmm. upended what a musical is and brought in a different audience and brought in a, a younger audience and telling a story of old, dusty American revolution. And there, there was again revolution. There's a theme here, Thomas. <laughs> um, but just put it in a different perspective. And I just think it is so powerful and such a tour de force. Now, to be fair, I have not seen it in theaters. I only saw it on uh, Disney Plus. On Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, I, like I was blown away when I watched it. So I have not watched it live. And you did tell him, ask me to do theatrical, but because it's been pandemic and it's all that stuff. My, same, my, my yeah. backup plan was Phantom of the Opera, some Andrew Lloyd Webber, which I, I knew of all the songs because we had that record when I was growing up. But um, yeah, Hamilton, I just think it's it's just a, it's a tour de force. It's just a masterpiece in yeah. amazing storytelling. I, in fact, at one point, they're, they're stopping in time, they're going back in time, they go forward in time and they, and through rap and it just works. It works so well. It's just, yeah, I think... I think what what they achieved with Hamilton is not it, it broke a lot of ground for yes. theatre, yes. um, particularly with bringing theatre back into mainstream. Um, just because it became a cultural touchstone oh, of like of, of who have you seen it yeah. and being referenced in all these other yeah. more popular texts, um, but also cast an entire cast of people of color, yeah, um, oh. playing characters that were specifically historically. Not not people of color. Yes. Um, and I think you can that that change has washed through Broadway where you have it doesn't it doesn't matter now no. um what a character is meant to be. They no. can be played by literally anyone. Thank God. Who yes. who can who yeah. can sing it basically. Yeah. <laughs> the best singer, right? For the role, the best actor and singer for the yeah. role. Yes. Um so I think yeah, that's definitely Hamilton has made waves that will never that, that will be felt yeah. in theatre ongoing. Just so talented that guy. Yeah. I mean, what's his name? Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, yeah, just so uh, and yeah. well, uh, his his movie of his first musical, which is in the Heights, will, yes. uh, will be released at time of recording, I believe, in a couple of days. Wow, yeah, so, okay. I'm um, looking forward to that. It's, okay, it's, it's also it's basically a, a, in the Heights is an old musical, right? So he's re- in the Heights is is uh, I think was released four years before oh. Hamilton. Okay, so, so it's not an old musical. No, no, so okay, I am mixing it up with one of the other old West Side mus- Story. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so he, he he made that and now he's rebranding it. Okay, got it. No, so he, West Side Story is uh totally no, no, different. But, yeah. I know, but uh, but but in the Heights he made that and then he had a big hit with Hamilton and yeah, now he's yeah. get, got to do the movie in version the Heights, of it. Won some Tonys. Um yeah. but yeah Hamilton was just the smash. Yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah so And that made him go back Heights and revisit it. Got it. Yeah. Well thank you. Is being released as a Film. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Zane. I think that was a good discussion <laughs> today. If you like uh, listening to this, please subscribe to our podcast. Uh, and also, if you want to get in contact with us, we will have an email at the bottom of the description. Um, thank you uh, for listening to us. And we can't wait to bring you more stories, more anecdote on craving creativity. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.